Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Agongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite to talk about recent departures from the fucking awesome camp and Glue's new video, Wick and Spit. A year and a half after introducing themselves to the world in Smut, Glue dropped Wick and Spit, their second video. It opens with a Leo Baker part and ends with Donovan Wildfong going absolutely crazy in New York. In between, we get a raw look at what the Glue team has been up to in the streets since the brand launched. Patrick, what was your first impression of Wick and Spit? Um, so if Smut is like their Zoo York's mixtape, then I think Wick and Spit is a little bit more like their Peep This. Um, there's not as much of a through line in terms of like the presentation and the style and feel. It doesn't feel as hardcore. Like Smut was really in your face, and I think that's the reason why it stood out. It was a representation of what skaters who like to think of themselves as punk rock, this is, was actually punk rock, right? This was mm-hmm. really in your face for real, for real. Whereas uh, Wick and Spit felt a bit more like, I feel like almost like a family album in a sort of way. Um, a little bit more casual, a, a lot more chill. I mean, the lack of titles was challenging, but it didn't make it any less enjoyable. And if you are decently online, uh, you'll definitely identify some of your favorite people in there. Like I was really hyped to see Canon, K-A-N-I-N, in there. Um, Canon's on the team. And also, like, a little bit of Dutchy footy. Like, who doesn't love Dutchy footy? Uh, also, the music was superb. The music was really fun. Pulp, right? Uh, placebo. Placebo deep cuts, right? You're using a demo in there. The New Age Steppers featuring uh, the late Ari Up, who used to be in the slits. It was clever. It was... The music supervision was really, really... And something that really stood out to me, like, while watching... Leo, uh, Leo Baker at the very beginning was, you know, I'm thinking about like, imagine the challenges of adapting to a new body. But at the same time, by contrast, I was having a conversation about this with a friend and they had mentioned, yeah, of course it's challenging. Absolutely. On the same tip, it must be a thrill and a joy to wake up every morning in the body that you always felt you were born to have, but weren't. And so watching, um, watching new Leo footage after they've transitioned and having so much fun and still killing it and still having it incredible board control and the coolest heel flips is wonderful. Jason, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Patrick. Like the first glue video was definitely kind of like a call to arms. This is more like a day in the life type of skate vid. You know, first of all, I get hyped seeing like just day-to-day NYC footage, period. Like that one ledge spot that looks kind of like an EMB setup that Leo skates a lot. Like I'll always fucking suck to that. Like anytime I see a new ledge spot, I'm like, where's that? I go there, blah, blah, blah. So that was sick. Also, some Union Square footage. Definitely put in my time at Union Square, both uh, the front and the back. I don't even know what the back looked like now. Like, it used to be a big, just like a expanse of asphalt. It, there might be like a farmer's market there or something there. I don't even know. But anyway, yeah, Leo's part was uh, definitely tough. See a little kind of like, what's his name? But who's the kid that was on Alien that became a preacher? Lenny Kirk. Lenny Kirk, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a little bit of Lenny Kirk style there, which is sick. The kid Donovan, wait, is the kid Donovan's name Donovan Wildfang or Donovan Wildfang? Because Donovan Wildfang would be a hell of a name. I think it's Wildfang. Oh, okay. He should just change it to Wildfang because that's like a fucking Castlevania name or some shit. Yeah. But anyway, I think there's yeah, a brand yeah. called Wildfang. Yeah, sounds like it, right? But yeah, that kid is definitely something that won a like, 360 kickflip out of that one Miami thing. Mm-hmm. That everyone skates. That was crazy. Yeah, placebo, right? Placebo's hot in the streets. Yeah, I slept like, on them. Like I, the only connection out of placebo is they used that one song, like the Mark Alpiard song in Cruel Intentions. 
Yeah, every me, every you. Yeah, every me, every you. Yeah, but like, damn, they're going deep, going to like the demos and shit. So yeah, damn, like placebo. Yeah, placebo. If you're listening, the skate kids love you. I mean, placebo. Yeah, all, yeah right. Who knew? Placebo were always cool, and it was um, very similar to say Interpol or Stereo Lab. All the really cool girls like them, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I thought the guy's voice was mad annoying or some shit, but. I've really grown. I've really grown to love it. Um, I guess that's what's on the street. I guess, but um, yeah, and I think also I think the the just like the very very genderqueer vibe that is placebo resonates with a lot of kids now, and that's right, awesome. Right, right. And and for a lot of them, getting to discover placebo with you know with no context, not in magazines, you know, they're not on MTV, not like there's any music on MTV, and I think that's what's been really interesting about watching the Glue universe kind of expand. It's its own weird, quirky little world. And like you get a window into it, which is really what skateboarding is all about. It's just the thing that's changed over time is that more and more crews look a hell of a lot more different now than say when we were all teenagers. So imagine, you know, looking out at skateboarding, looking for something that you feel like reflects your vibe. There's so many more options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the real value. I think just the window into these kids' world. You know, did I mention Dutch already? Like best backside tail sides in the biz. Oh so hell see yeah. That. Dutchie, Dutchie is awesome. Um, I saw Dutchie skating at El Sereno Skate Park over here in LA. Oh, the El Sereno. There's nothing <laughs> serene about El Sereno. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Templeton, how did you feel uh, watching the Glue video? Because, you know, it feels confusing when I made the comparison to mixtape because I kind of want to see it says, maybe I want to revise that metaphor. If the first one is the debut album, if Smut is the debut album, then this is a mixtape. Kind of like how a lot of rappers will do that. You know, mm -hmm. throw out a mixtape. Something to keep the streets, you know, keep the streets happy. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, there was like a little bit of a tour video in the middle and like not really parts, you know, like each of the new new folks on the team kind of got like their own little section, but it wasn't like a part, you know, like here's the title that says the name and then like they each get a full song kind of thing. So yeah, not quite like a full length video, but a great glimpse into what Glue Skateboards is all about and it had like a really good crew vibe. You know, like, it seems like they all skate together and are friends. So that's always cool to see. Notably absent is Cher Strawberry, who was very much present in the There video from uh, a couple weeks ago. So not sure what's going on there, since Cher was, like, a founding member of Glue. But I, I didn't feel like the video needed Cher. I think Cher is a little mall punk, and the rest of the Glue team is a little more crass or like street crust punk street punk i don't know i think it's like a better fit without her these are strong words templeton she's gonna fight you in the pit next time you're both at a show i don't get out much so i'm fine <laughs> you know it's interesting like um there are unfortunately going to be the inevitable comparisons between glue and their slash unity if only because they both happen to be skate companies uh that feature diverse rosters of that include queer folks. And what's frustrating about that is like, I imagine that this is not a perfect comparison, but go with me on this. I imagine that back in the 90s, that there were some people who probably tried to lump neighborhood and menace in the same camp, just because LA street, street dudes, uh, that kind of thing, even though the two brands were like chalk and cheese, like they were very, very, very different, different style of skaters, rooted in a very different uh in a very different visual and brand identity but anyway uh with regards yeah, to I, I don't i mean i like i was a big fan of neighborhood 
too, as well as Miss. I mean, they were both kind of like L.A. schoolyard type of companies. But you would never get the two twisted. No. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I mean, I knew like, uh, well, first of all, Neighbor Without a Tracker. It's like the only cool thing to ever come out of that company umbrella. Probably. Oh, wow. They were under Tracker? Yeah, it was like a, it was a Climax distribute. Pretty sure because like Armando was on Tracker. And pretty sure. I might be wrong, but I think it was under a. Uh, Climax. But back to the point about um, Cher being absent from the video, I kind of feel like it's sort of like an album, right? If you're a musician, there might be songs that you just don't play on, either because you don't have a part, you weren't available, or because somebody did it better. And I think about that sometimes for escape videos that, you know, we put so much scrutiny on the lineup in the video. Who's supposed to be in this? Who's going to be, you know, who's going to have the ender? Who's going to have the last part? You know, who's going to be, you know, who's being introduced? And I don't think there should be a reason that there, we shouldn't be surprised if somebody's not in a video. I mean, think about this. Y'all remember when Goldfish came out? Do you remember your strange sense of like, what the hell? Why does Guy Mariano have like three tricks in this video? Oh, yes. Yeah. Right? Same thing, right? Shit, there was Krell type videos where Guy just wasn't there. Sean Sheffy, Rudy Johnson, you name it. You know, you see their boards in the shops and in the CCS catalog, but how come they're not in the video? That said, this is a skateboarding podcast. So, our job is to speculate. So, well, I'll just say I don't think we need to do too much speculation because somebody on Slap said that they saw a share strawberry there board in like a pre book catalog. So I think that Share has flown the coop and, you know, taken her talents out west. I guess she's always been out west. But Glue just feels like a New York company to me. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it happens. I mean, it, this, is a, this is a routine occurrence. This is a routine occurrence in professional skateboarding, sponsored skateboarding. So it's not that much of a surprise. Uh, yeah, and I think it's a, it's a better fit. You know, shares in San Francisco, theirs in San Francisco, clues in New York. Like, I don't know. That's like a tale as old as time. Yeah, I think having an identity as a New York brand is a good thing. Totally. Moving forward, add some more uh, cachet or whatever. Oh, along those lines, shout out uh, Nostrowski, skate Twitter homie. Who filmed the vid? So good. Killed it. So good. Especially just like um, thinking about um, the few tricks that Dutchie had in there, just how well shot they were. I guess the, the, it's interesting too because, um, you know, last year the big challenge was dealing with first board shortages, or goodness, that feels like now is, I guess, two years ago now, right? Uh, it was board shortages, and then all of a sudden it's a glut of boards. And yet there's a real feeling of inconsistency again, something I haven't felt in many years, depending on where you are, what shop it is, that like some stuff you just might not see. Like there's a couple shops in LA that have always had glue and then recently couldn't see them. You could mail order them, no problem, but are, are they just selling out or is stuff on back order? I think that's that's been challenging from wanting to support a shop and just be able to go in and, and grab something off the wall. Yeah, well, from, from my end, my local here uh, venue, they've had some glue stuff in there. They got a pretty good, like, variety as far as brands go. Like, they got some glue, some frog, you know, then you, the usual staples like your DG key, FA, all that shit. So, mm. so yeah, I, that, I've seen them out here on the shelf. So, like, now that, um, you know, Glue's put out a second video, has a pretty strong brand identity on social media. So, what's next? You know, what's the next step for a relatively new or new-ish company to really cement their place. Like Frog, for example, uh, we always thought like, ah, oh, the Microsoft Paint cutesy thing was a bit funny, and now it's now it's just there. Now it's just a part of the landscape. Like this is part of this is part of mainstream skate culture, and there's a whole bunch of people who are on that Frog vibe. 
Yeah, I think the next move is just showing up a lot on Thrasher, basically. You know, I think, you know, if Cooper Winterson and Donovan Wildfong, if they had parts on Thrasher, that would be really good for the brand and just be everywhere, be inescapable, I think is the best thing a brand can do. Mm -hmm. And what about, like, say, from a... Because it used to be this weird combination of contests, covers, uh a trans world part, you know, a few people on the team, like maybe having a montage in a video, like say in a trans world video or a homie video. Does it feel like that, that equation has shifted significantly over the last few years? Yeah. It's just like Instagram and Thrasher pretty much, I'd say. Yeah. I think it, right? it's kind of like, it's still the same idea, you know, like get a bunch of coverage. It's just where you get coverage has changed. Mm, yeah. Wait, that's it. Wait, real quick, let's uh, rewind for a second. I'm really bad with names. I feel like Char Charles Barkley over here. But uh, who, is, who is Cooper in this video? Cooper is the one that did the 50-50 to switch Crooked Grind. And oh, the, yeah, 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 towards the beginning. Yeah, and did the yeah, line yeah. with the um, shove it backside nose grind and then shove it frontside nose grind. Oh, yeah, yeah, that could, yeah, that could rip. Yeah, but I, I think for me the, the standout was Wild Fang, Wild Fong. Did like a bunch of rad tricks, really good kick flipper, kick flip wall ride was sick, 50-50 that tall flat bar was sick, and surprisingly I really liked that kick flip body burial, which to me is like uh, like an illegal trick, but the way that he did it was rad, and like maybe part of it was how it was filmed, but yeah, he was the standout for sure for me. Yeah, that, was, that one trick was pretty unexpected. Usually it's easy to predict stuff like by people feel like, oh, all right, it's going for the pressure flip here or like notice like kick flip out, but that was pretty unexpected. Like some people do cool body burials, like uh, Quinn mm -hmm. has a cool heel flip body burial, which you see like never. So yeah, that was kind of some cool shit. You just reminded me, Evan Tooley, who is on skate Twitter, did a super nice pressure flip, just threw it on the timeline. Uh, are pressure flips, are they? They're yeah, they're trending. They're and this is like, what, like the second time since, wait, the second or third time since the invention of the pressure flip? Yeah, I think it's probably the second time. I feel like Ellington was kind of like on his own, you know, when he was in his pressure flip heydays. But I think now it's more of a thing. Yeah, I, I, keep, I keep waiting for pressure flips to be cut for the last time. But I don't think we're there yet. Like, y'all remember that guy Damon Bird? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that one part in the Union video, it was, like, all pressure flips. Like, we need, like, the next Damon Bird to come out, drop, like, an all-pressure all flip part for it to be really, like, all right, this is enough. What, what, what's, what's weird is, is, seeing, is seeing young people who can do pressure flips like Mike Carroll or Javante. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, they're not sloppy. They're not wearing the goofy boy pants and a weird trucker hat. You know, they look fresh, and they do nice-looking pressure flips, which is... Whew, man, I wish. Yeah, every kid, like most, you know, good skaters in your town can probably do pressure flips now. Whereas back in the day, like say 95, 96, it was like one homie. Yeah, it was like, there was always like one kid that had like a, like a trapezoid, like his tail was a trapezoid <laughs> from, from doing, like from doing pressure flips. It was like, oh, there's that pressure flip kid, dude. And like the, the kids who were, who were ripping like who were like a little bit older like they didn't even do them like they didn't even learn them pretty much oh no 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 as soon as they were unfashionable if you were like you know if you were like 17 18 and 1995 you were definitely not doing pressure flips yeah, yeah pressure flips were like 
completely foreign to me. Like I, I don't think I saw somebody do a pressure flip until like well into my skateboard career. Yeah. And then, oh, then there was the people who, you know, then there was the, like the one or two skaters in your crew who they had every flip trick on lock. And then let's say they watched an old video for the first time and they figured it out just by watching, you know, a dub of a dub of questionable. Oh yeah. I mean, Which you is, could, pr- yeah. Like you could on. probably figure it out like in an hour or something. I just never like cared to like before, like shit moved so slow then by the time it got around to us, it was already like virtual. And if, you know, if I was watching virtual every day, which I, which I did for like two years or whatever, like I wasn't fucking with pressure flips at all. You know? Yeah. I mean? But um, back to the video, weird. you know, just thinking about smut. I mean, the thing that made smut so cool was that it really, really, really stood out. It was the right kind of throwback to punk. It didn't feel so hyper stylized that you felt like, oh my goodness, this was definitely, you know, somebody on the outside must have put this together. No, like this is how they're rolling. This- how they dress this is the music they really listen to. this is their whole vibe and it was you know i don't think we're i don't think we're going back to that ty evans era i don't know like does anybody going to be making these you know blockbuster michael bay looking skate videos anymore mm. other than ty evans i don't i don't think so to that extent i mean i, I think that chris mulhern is like a little bit like that in that he's like like a craftsman you know same, maybe mm-hmm. same with um greg hunt as well mm-hmm. i mean greg hunt is like a ty evans contemporary but yeah i think it's more gritty and more street these mm-hmm. days yeah it's, it's a it's a xerox uh, it's, it's a xerox zine and i like that because you're just like hey i just want to get a little snapshot of what this crew or what this scene is up to um and that's that's like a welcome change because you know i was thinking about this the other day putting together my notes for the sh- um this episode and just thinking about how like the audio video uh, was it one step beyond and Birdhouse is the end and fully flared. And, you know, there was this whole era, which is like about 20 years ago, in which there were skate videos with some pretty serious travel and lighting and, you know, general production budgets. And how now it's, hey, bunch of, it's, we've gone back to, hey, it's a bunch of kids with a camera. Hope you like it. Yeah. I mean, like, no one's going to China anymore. At least, I mean, at least I don't think. Maybe. China's like, not even open. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not even, yeah. Maybe like Ellis, like Ellis guys, because like they're, already in hong kong or whatever like a couple of those dudes but yeah it's like before 2008 that was a vibe now it's like especially with travel and shit which is always cooler anyway like that's why those like i hate to be like 90s guy or whatever like that's why those one-on-one videos hold up so well because it was just like well we'll film this shit over a weekend or whatever like a couple parts you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i'd much rather see skaters in their natural environment than like you know plop them all down in some plaza in china or like some perfect thing in europe i mean i love the euro spot porn for sure but i think that stuff looks better with the folks who skate there all the time so oh yeah, yeah i think a, a lack of travel has been a nice reset for skate videos oh it's been amazing the regional vids you know stuff from the southwest like all the richmond footage especially after the protests and um a lot of the the now down confederate statues became spots I mean, shit, it's been amazing. It's been a great renaissance for, for regional skating. And even just like uh, thinking back to that Suchu trip, uh, his Sodi trip, when they went to Sicily, got to skate a bunch of stuff that we haven't seen too much in videos. And sometimes that's just because of weather. I know like a few crews have tried to make trips to that part of the Mediterranean and just got hit by sandstorm, uh, freak 
you know, freak rainstorm, just bad weather all around or somebody got injured. So it was cool to see that. And I think that's something I definitely will look forward to as well as more stuff like that. More people like being like, hey, like, let's really dig and go someplace. Well, from one new brand to another, it was bound to happen. And this past week, it finally did. Tyshawn Jones left fucking awesome skateboards along with Nakel Smith. Right now, their destination is unknown, but you got to figure they're starting their own thing. Jason, when is the right time for a pro skater to break off and start their own thing? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this, getting ready for this podcast, and I don't really think there's one formula. Like, it's not really when you're skating your best, you know, when you're in your window. I don't really think that has anything to do with it. It's more like either money, you want to go where your friends are. Like, money meaning, like, you think there was some shady money shit, like, you're not getting paid one way or another. Then you're like, fuck this, I'm bringing out. Like, you want to be where your friends are. You think shit's too corpo or lame. Mark Gonzalez, when he started blind, was kind of like a combination of the friends thing and the two, cor- two corpo thing. And another like possibility is like you kind of get an opportunity within the distro of the brand you're in already. Like, for example, Underworld Element with Andy Howell or Mad Circle with Justin Gerard. Or you could be like Rocco and just have like no choice. Like you get kicked off vision or whatever. You got no choice. You're at a dead end. You got to start your own shit. So what are the facts? Facts are as follows. Nakel quit, A, then B, TJ quit, then C. I don't even know if this is important or not, but FA did the, uh, you know, the good luck press release by Instagram where they said, good luck with their endeavor singular, not endeavors. And I don't even know if that means anything. Maybe they just you know, didn't mean anything by it, but that might mean something or it might not. I don't know. It definitely feels like it means something. So they're probably starting something. I mean, there's there's been rumors rattling around the FA camp for ages about whether or not somebody or some bodies are going to go and start their own thing. But then the follow-up question is, why? Why now? I mean, I, I think it's like strike while the iron's hot. You know, it's like Tyshawn, I don't think, needs fucking awesome to sell boards. So Tyshawn can do his own thing and sell a bunch of boards and keep more of the profit for himself. And he's, he's about his business, you know, so oh, yeah. saying, I, I don't think he, he would stick around any longer than he needed to. And then the other question is, you know, with Nakel, I think, you know, just from reading, um, just like kind of like going through his Instagram, and I think I read an interview with him recently, he's talking a lot more about focusing on music. So he's 27, so he's at this spot creatively where you can focus on music or you can focus on skateboarding. But at the level that he wants to be at both, you can't do both. I know that sounds confusing, but if you want to tour, if you want to make records, if you really want to focus on being an artist, like basically do what Sage is doing. And I don't know, is you think Sage is going to be next? Like Sage is going to be like, you know, let me just like get some boards and just focus on this music. Yeah. Like Sage, music and modeling. Sage is kind of like the X factor here. Like, does he do like mix music? Like what genre of music or whatever does he do? I don't even know. Oh, he makes hip hop. Um, he was on uh, that very recent Alchemist EP that came out. Summer of last year, there was a big party at that spot, Babylon, which had just moved to uh, Crenshaw area here in LA. I mean, I, f- I could see a Sage jumping ship and going with them. And the thing is, Sage is a little bit, or maybe a lot more further along in his career. He's been getting some really good interviews. Pitchfork did a little feature on him a while ago. People seem to be vibing with his vibing with his thing. And you know, Nikel has, as you know, I think Nikel has toured a little bit. He's been on some you know festivals here and there. And, you know, hey, like, just because you're on the bottom of the bill at a festival 
you know, or on the lower, um, the lower rungs, you know, you still get paid, you know, and that can add up, you know, you do that a few months, you know, they pay for your travel, next thing you know, and what, that's kind of chill compared to getting in the van and going and filming. And maybe for Nikel, he wants to keep being, you know, keep being sponsored, keep being pro, but at the same time, have a little bit more space to do music. And maybe he wasn't able to do that in F on FA because, you know, there's probably some requirements just like, yo, my man. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of requirements on FA, you know, like I, I don't think that anybody like any of the OG FA folks have been putting out much in like the last year or so. And also like to the music factor, it seems like it'd be easier to ride for somebody else's company and focus on music than it would be to like do music and also be a pro skater and also run a company. I mean, you know, who knows what his role at this company would be, but it would, you know, it seems like it would be more than just a rider. You know, Templeton is a, as a new arrival to the 40 plus club. I think you are, you know, I am, I got to remind you that uh, when you're in your late twenties, mid to late twenties, you feel like you can do everything. True. You know, true. that might be, that might be part of it. Like I remember having that type of energy to be able to work a day job, play music, DJ and write and do all this stuff. I don't know how I did it, but you know, it seemed possible. Now I'm exhausted just thinking about it. I mean, Jason, what do you think? You think that Sage would do you would you anticipate that some other people from FA would make the Well, let's see here. Well, yeah, back back to the music thing real quick. Like, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, like it seems like he's trying to like fall under or like get in the same lane as a kind of Tyler the Creator or like Earl Sweatshirt type of thing. Which could work, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like under FA it would be e it would be easier to just like drop some footage every now and then, and then like do music or whatever. Because like I'm trying to think of anyone did that before was trying to like go really hard in music and skating. Oh come on, man! The legend Chris Gentry. Oh Gen Gentry, yeah. Besides like your, uh... <laughs> I mean, you see how well that went. Yeah, like your Chris Gentry, maybe like Jeremy Cavalier Rogers. Was... Yeah, Jeremy Rogers when he was like. <laughs> Mario. That is that is that is worth laughing at. But um, Steve Caballero has been doing the yeah, factions for right. a decade. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, like, but like, if you're like, he's not like a Brian Wilson who's like in the studio twenty four hours. You know what I mean? He's not like Steely Dan. Oh, is there is there, there any skater? Who, is there any skater who's got Steely Dan chops? Like, who is really that good? Yeah, I don't know. Like, those music theory and stuff. I don't know. Maybe but yeah, Danny I mean, Garcia? like, Dan, yeah, Danny, yeah, Danny Garcia is a good pretty sick addition too but yeah like you said when you're like in your 20s or late 20s you're like fuck it yeah i'm in like skate tour new music all of it so yeah i mean you know good for him you know people move on in life and shit get new interests you know if you like me if you're not trying to like be the best pro skater in the world and you want to you know pursue both you know that's pretty tight but anyway as far as who else might join this venture uh, i think there's a 70 percent chance that kevin riley stays where he is because He's the best Sodi every year. It could be Sodi if you wanted to, but I think for his, for where he's at in life and shit, like it'd be easier to just stay with fucking awesome because like it's a consistent check and shit. You know what I mean? True. But you know, what if this like sparks his renaissance? What if we get the Kevin Bradley that we all want to see? That's what now I'm hoping <laughs> for. I'm hoping we get like a Kevin Bradley team captain, like, you know, first out of bed, like last one back in the van at the spot, like, you know, I want like Skate Rat KB. Yeah, Skate Rat, a return to Skate Rat KB would definitely be the best case scenario. 
Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd I be think. really amazing. But you know what I mean? Everyone, everyone's got their own journey to go on and shit, you know, so who knows? You just reminded what me of something. You as far as that. What's that? You reminded me of something when you said um, everybody has their own journey. Actually, both of you point out that when you, you, there's this thinking about the idea of gut instinct, right? Like something like your gut is telling you something. And when you're younger, there's a lot more doubt around that. And as you get older, you know, your gut is drawing off of a lot more inputs and a lot more information. So it's a little bit more reliable than say when you're 22 or 23. And, you know, there is like, there's no, there's no right way or right time to leave a company. And I think a lot of people have thought about like, I mean, goodness, look at Mike and Rick with the whole leaving, you know, everybody getting everybody to leave world to go start girl. Do you think that if they'd been a little bit older, they'd say like, hey, Rocco, we heard some things, blah, blah, blah. Let's sit down, we'll order some pizzas. Let's talk, you know, let's hash this out, right? We're grown men. We think like, that's probably the first thing you'd think of, like invoice, something happening, dispute. Let, let's talk about this. Yeah, definitely. But I'm glad that, that that didn't happen, you know, like we got girl and chocolate out of it. That's true. That's true. And I guess also, you, you know, there's also the risk that if you stay, that you'll end up regretting, you'll regret it even more. And also, you know, let's remember too, that just both uh, Nikel and Tyshawn, they're on Supreme, you know, so they're still getting a uh, Supreme check. I don't know about that. Oh, wait, wait. We're, we're just getting an update. Jason, <laughs> fill me in, please. Did I miss something? I think uh, my understanding is they're not connected to Supreme anymore. What? You're not That's playing pretty wild. I might be wrong. Uh, I hope I'm not wrong. If not, um, I'll have to add this. But my, yeah, my understanding is, is that they, um, yeah, that bridge has been burned. Oh, wow. Wow, bridge burned. That that's more than just not on. Interesting. Wow. That oh, okay. Wow. So I mean, I think, but I think I think if you look on their Instagram, uh, you probably won't see. So you might be wrong, but so I'm finding this out in real time. Not a hundred percent sure, but pretty sure off the top of my head. This is some very Tom Petty into the great wide open. <laughs> but anyway, um, as far as other people who might join this venture. Well, let's, what's the common denominator besides like FA and all that shit? Well, they're both on Adidas. If, if, and if you look at the Hardys page, other riders, other people who have pro model bolts, Jake Donnelly on Adidas, Lucas on Adidas. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone who is, might come as kind of a surprise from the Adidas realm uh, joins this venture, whatever it may be. What would be the ultimate poach? I don't know. Let's see. Booze it now. Booze this. Let's see. Adidas skateboarding. See, I feel like they need to go outside of Adidas and, you know, kind of like Wu-Tang Clan members being on a bunch of different record labels. You need riders on a bunch of different shoe brands so that, you know, this new board brand shows up in a bunch of different videos. Yeah, it could be. You know what I mean? It's just a theory. Like, it, they might get one of the Violet kids or something like. Already? Uh, yeah. Fuck it. Who cares? Uh, I guess like, yeah, if that's, that's where if that's where your friends are going. If that's if that's where you feel like the new shit is, then yeah, maybe like. I mean, okay. So I don't know. Up. Like like a, like a bunch of those those Philly a couple of those Philly kids, those next gen Philly kids are getting Adidas. So I don't know. You think they could poach anybody from Palace, or that would just be that'd be a that'd be a bad move. I don't know. I don't think it would be. I could be. I don't think it would be like a bad move per se. I don't think it would be like harsh or whatever. But I don't know. All I'm saying is, I wouldn't be surprised if someone from the Adidas camp or that 
that is, you know, on the Adidas program ends up joining this shit, whatever it may be. Okay. So then what if they get Alex Olson? <laughs> I'm not playing. <laughs> you know, that would be I mean, pretty dope. If, if like if he got back on like a skate program again, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm sure everyone would love to see that. Like, oh, you know what I mean. Like, he doesn't like, like watching that guy skating. Yeah, yeah. Think about all the think about all the companies that have put on an old head OG. They're just like, oh snap, they got him back. They got this person out of retire or out of limbo. Because Alex is kind of like in an interesting place. He's surfing. He's doing breath work. He's DJing, doing this, that, the third. But imagine if they said Alex Olson. We want you to we want you to join the you know maybe it's like the hardy's maybe it's going to be like a hardy's board brand it feels like it seems like there's some trademarks that have been taken out like steps have already been taken like something is in the works but i don't know just like they should head off alex get that man some board that would be fun yeah i mean they i mean he's like they were both in all those supreme business shit business shit from way back so yeah man that would be sick as well like if he got back on a skate program and was just like alex olsen had like full skate powers Oh, yeah. right. I mean, that would get all the old heads. That would definitely get all the old heads. They'd be like, well, Alex Olsen is back. This will be great. Yeah, but like, like the, the funny thing about a board brand is like, it's important for your like identity as a pro, but it doesn't even need to function like a real company. Like a company, any company is supposed to like, all right, supposed to make products and sell them and make a profit. Like that doesn't even matter for board brands. It's just like, it's just like your gang, you know? Like I was watching Tampa the other weekend. And like, I guess there were all these kids on, on Karayuma and like, that was their only sponsor pretty much. It was like, oh, so so the Karayuma is like, that tells me nothing. You know what I mean? That gives us nothing to grab onto. But like, if it's like, oh, so-and-so is on DGK flow, you know, that says something. That's like, oh, you know, Stevie fuck with you or, or whatever. If you're on polar or you're on polar flow, oh, that means that Pontus fucks with you. That says a lot. Yeah, I've always said or thought that you, the board brand gives you your like vibe or like puts you in your yeah. category and then like the shoe brand gives you the check yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah I, I mean like tyshawn is still in, in terms of like clout and his influence over culture in skating he's he's definitely still in that space where he could definitely put together a team or pull pull the right people on it's so it's i guess whatever he chooses to do in the next however many months is really going to determine whether or not that's for real for real like who's who's out there who is the who are younger skaters who are out there who could definitely use either a better sponsor or use a sponsor man i don't know I and mean, i'm trying mm. to think of people that tyshawn hangs out with and i can't really think of him like hanging out with other skaters it's kind of weird it's like look you can either hang out and party with your buddies or you can get money yeah i mean like who knows like he might do like a plan b where it's like a slow like a slow reveal or whatever you know, i think like, he's i think he's got the juice for that he he definitely could put together he could probably make some phone calls and get the right team yeah like he's i definitely trust his business acumen as far as i go but like you know like i said like board brand it doesn't even matter if it's profitable this it needs to like not hemorrhage money yeah and it needs to it needs to be cool it needs needs to make the riders look cool that's the board know. board brand's job absolutely but then like the the, the challenge is um you know then the challenge is the actual setting up warehouse space getting a distributor i mean remember you know remember in the 90s that you know there were companies that came and went and there was always every now and again there'd be a company like oh the team is really cool but the boards are trash you know or this one d-lammed or just like the graphics are terrible yeah i feel like tyshawn probably has people that know how to make things work you know like he's been doing hardy's successfully for a while so you know whatever board brand could just slide into that and whoever is managing that can just be like yeah i'll ship out boards too 
and yeah, I think just getting the right art director and the art direction to be on point is probably the hardest thing. True. Because I, I also think like Tyshawn can get distribution anywhere. You know, like who's not going to take a call from Tyshawn when he's like, hey, you know, like Titus in Germany or whatever. Like, do you want to carry these new boards? They're going to be like, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I guess I wonder about that. Um, you know, Jason, you had mentioned a bridge being burned with Supreme. Does that mean they're just like, hey, we're not going to renew this contract? Oh, or hey, we're not interested. Or was it something like words were exchanged? Maybe a computer was smashed? Uh, no, I don't think there were any computers thrown. Um, I don't no, I don't think anyone threw like a like a 1990s like compact like tower <laughs> in the office or anything. I mean, like it might have been money or something. Like I don't know. I have no information. Can't really say. But I will say, like I kind of fuck with the Hardy's art direction already. Like mm -hmm. they had that one like know, like pair of shorts where it was like the uh, like the 1968 Olympics, Mexico City, like fists graphic like the logo of like the bolt with the fist is pretty tight already so yeah that logo is super good yeah that logo works oh the picture of uh tommy smith and john yeah, yeah, uh, john yeah, carlos yeah. giving the black power salute yeah yeah that one those those shorts have been sold out those joints are hard body yeah so i mean the, the hardy's art direction like is pretty tight already so i mean theoretically wouldn't be that hard to you know just get some boards together i guess but now like yeah that whole segment of the market your whole like fa like your kids that are psyched on supreme or whatever there's like now there's like fa violet and whatever this may be so there's i guess there's gonna be more competition on that part of the board wall yeah that's a good point but at the same yeah. time though you know it seems like dill is taking it all in stride you know, like dill's had such a weird and wonderful career like what was he gonna get mad at them for leaving yeah nah like uh no. <laughs> yeah, and at this point, that's just what happens. You know, like you skate for somebody, you get to a certain point, you make your own company. You know, it's happened time and time again. It's like company owners should just expect it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dill is very much a skate historian. So, and he's experienced it himself. I mean, goodness, like him and Ave deciding to leave workshop was a huge deal. You know, um, I mean, it was a seismic shift in skateboarding, you know, that letter that they did. And, you know, look at it now, it's, it's their world. I guess what I wonder is, you know, well, you know we talked about um, a few months ago when the latest chocolate video dropped about how hard, you know, Tap has fought for a rebirth, renaissance, whatever you want to call it. And just now, are they starting to reveal themselves to be like a, a modern iteration of, of, of that brand and how long it took. And like people were taking shots left and right on social, in the shops, you know, hanging out at the spot, just like Krill Tap, washed. And now, goodness, like the, the vibe at, you know, the vibe at that chocolate video premiere was just so positive and everybody was just so, I think maybe COVID had something to do with it because people were just happy to be out, you know, and at a party and see Carl Aikens. And also Krill Tap looks like they've they changed up the way that they do things. So what about for an FA? Is there gonna, are we ever gonna get to a point where an FA is gonna be, uh, be viewed as washed? Uh, maybe, but, not for a while, I think, because look at who's still on the team. You got like Louis, who's like everyone's favorite skater. Abe is like the vet. You got Vincent Tuzeri. Maybe he'll get some more like shine now or whatever. Yeah, he just which, got over an injury. Yeah, which which would be tight. You know, and he's got Dill like has the eye. You know what I mean? Like there's for example, there's that new kid on hockey, like Joseph Campos or whatever. That kid's like a beast. 
Yeah, I'm not too worried about fucking awesome. I think that yeah. they'll, they'll be fine, at least for, you know, another, I don't know, maybe a decade, six or seven years at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah, and like hockey too. Hockey's got like an insane lineup. There's like, they got Caleb and whoever the fuck else. So yeah, like I wouldn't be too worried. Yeah, I'd say like each of those brands probably has like a good, like three years still driving the culture and then maybe like another three to five of still being very relevant, selling a lot of boards and putting out good videos. Like you will just, you'll just kind of take them for granted. They're still in a space now where they're really directing where a lot of what we watch and what people are wearing, uh, where all that's going. Yeah, I think that maybe they've peaked and they're like in a gradual move downward, but I'm, I'm not too worried about them. They're, they're going to be, they're going to be just fine. As long as they keep putting out cool videos and we get some more Vincent Tuzeri and a little bit more uh, Kevin Bradley, I think will be good. Honestly, they could just keep put, why not just like their thing, just put out a video with those two every year. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'd be uh, stoked to watch that. Which brings us to the part of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on Spitfire Wheels. I'm also stoked on turning 40. I actually turned 40 a couple of weeks ago, but I'm actually finally having it related. with Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm washed. And uh, I'm very, very, very stoked that are getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They've been a big part of this whole nostalgia trip that I've been on in the run up to turning 40. And just, and I'm talking about all eras of Duran Duran. I mean, I even got into Thank You, their covers album. But um, yeah, I was listening to the Reflex this morning. I was like, this is so good. Jason, what are you stoked on? I am stoked on Venture Trucks, uh, recording this podcast on Thursday night. I think the Venture Palace collab drops tomorrow. Um, I got my three computers ready, plus my phone. So wish me luck or whatever. Also stoked on a new skate park. I can't believe I'm alive to see it, but there's also, but there's finally like an official good made by artisan skate park here in Richmond, Virginia. So fucking soaked on that. Plus it has lights. So that's, that's definitely going to be dope for the summertime. And I'm stoked on another kind of DIY skate content creator. Uh, the gentleman known as gifted hater. Um, I guess I got onto his, I got like tapped into the videos with this whole FA thing and then like went, went through a whole bunch of them. I was like, damn, this dude's pretty funny. You know, it's pretty smart and witty and funny. So, he grows on you, right? Yeah. Like, I don't give a damn what your content is about, like video games, skating, whatever. If you're smart and witty and funny, like I'll listen to it or watch whatever. So yeah, soaked on that guy's content for sure. And Templeton, what are you soaked on this week? I'm stoked on arugula, aka spicy lettuce. Been growing some arugula in my windowsill lately, and uh, just just recently, it's you know grown to maturity, so I can harvest it. I just kind of lean over when it's lunchtime and pluck a few pluck a few leaves, throw them on my salad at lunchtime, and it feels really good to grow my own food. So stoked on that. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Carbonite1994, on Instagram at FrozenCarbonite, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks or on Instagram at Pikagongo. You can also find me doing stuff for the Harold Hunter Foundation. I am now the acting board chair. 
which I'm really looking forward to. We have our first board meeting at, uh, that role next week. And I would like to thank everybody who made a donated birthday. I really thank you all so much. Templeton, where can the people find you on Bobby Digital? You can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding, on Twitter at Mostly Skate, and not on TikTok anymore. Uh, we'll see you guys Whoa. next week. Would you blow up your, you focus your TikTok account? No, it's still there. I just realized that I was wasting my time on nothing, so I stopped looking at it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, later. Later, be safe, y'all. Oh